Let us open our Bibles to the Word of God in Psalm 23. Psalm 23. A very familiar psalm, perhaps a favorite of many of us. And the words of it perhaps can become so familiar to us that we don't always notice the richness of their meaning. So let's look at this psalm with renewed desire to see the richness of this Word of God as we read it together this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Read the word of God in that psalm, and it's on the basis of that passage of Scripture and of all of God's word that we are instructed in Lord's Day 50 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Let's read that now, found on page 26 in the back of the Psalter. Page 26 in the back of the Psalter. Question and answer 125. Which is the fourth petition? The answer, give us this day our daily bread. That is, be pleased to provide us with all things necessary for the body that we may thereby acknowledge thee to be the only fountain of all good, and that neither our care nor industry nor even thy gifts can profit us without thy blessing, and therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee. The fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread is a petition, a prayer, a request, not simply concerning bread, that is not simply concerning food, but as the Catechism states, it is a prayer, it is a request concerning all things necessary for the body. We are earthly creatures. We have many earthly and physical needs as earthly creatures, and we pray to God to provide us with what we need for our earthly life and our earthly existence. And so this is a prayer not only that God would give us our daily bread, our daily food, but also that he would give us our daily drink, our daily clothing, our house, our work, our income, our health, the air 
that we need to breathe to stay alive and every other thing that is necessary for earthly life. But this petition does bring up the question, what is our attitude toward those earthly things that we ask about and that we need? Is our attitude toward earthly things different from the attitude of the ungodly? We know that the ungodly are preoccupied with earthly things, very much focused upon attaining to themselves an abundance of the things of this life, of earthly possessions and riches and so on. Are we focused, in contrast to that, on spiritual things, heavenly things? The ungodly are characterized by covetousness. They are greedy. They, in the words of 1 Timothy 6, they want to be rich. Are we satisfied with simply daily bread, with having only a little? The ungodly are selfish. They mostly use what they have for themselves. Are we, in contrast to them, generous? Gladly helping each other out as believers. And the ungodly worry about earthly things. They are anxious about earthly things. Do we heed the words of Christ in Matthew 6 where he says three times in verse 25, verse 31, and verse 34, take no thought concerning what you will eat and drink. Take no thought concerning your earthly needs. And those words, take no thought, are literally, do not be anxious about those things. Because, as Christ says, your heavenly Father knows that you need those things and he will take care of you. And that's what we read in Psalm 23, verse 1. As I said, a very familiar psalm and we can become so familiar with it we don't appreciate the word of God to us in that psalm and specifically in that verse, verse 1 the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want I shall not lack what I need for my earthly life and my earthly existence consider then this Lord's day and this truth of God's word as set before us in the Lord's Prayer with this as the theme, praying for earthly things. Three things we will notice, our requests, our dependence, and our godly attitudes. Things that we know about, I'm sure. 
Perhaps there is nothing new for us to hear this morning as we consider this. But we do need to consider it. And we do need to be reminded of it. Because every one of us struggles to be, or struggles against being earthly minded. Praying for earthly things. Our requests our dependence, and our godly attitudes. The first thing that is clear from this petition and from the Heidelberg Catechism's explanation of this petition is that it is not wrong and it is not a sin to pray for earthly things. Now some believe it is, and then they misinterpret the Lord's Prayer and misinterpret the, this, the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, as a reference to spiritual bread. So that when we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're really praying for spiritual bread, for the Word of God, for Christ, who is our spiritual food, and not for earthly things. But that's not true. We are asking, and we may ask, and Christ teaches us to ask God to provide us with earthly things, with what we need for our bodies. We are not only dependent on God for spiritual things, we are also dependent upon God for physical things. And so we must pray, and we may pray for earthly bread and for all that is implied by earthly bread. But we should, beloved, take note of the relationship that earthly things have to spiritual things as that is taught us in the Lord's Prayer itself. The Lord Jesus Christ teaches us about that relationship by the order of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. This petition, the fourth one, give us this day our daily bread, is the only petition concerning earthly things. All of the other petitions, the other five of them, are petitions or requests or prayers concerning spiritual things. So only one about earthly things. But this one is not first. It's number four in the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. It is preceded by the petition, Hallowed be thy name, and the petition, Thy kingdom come, and the petition, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And preceded by them because that indicates to us the purpose that we must have in asking for our daily bread. We first are concerned about God's name, and secondly about God's kingdom, and thirdly about God's will, and then only then do we bring up our need for daily bread. Why only then? Because our desire for daily bread must be this, that we desire bread from God, we desire earthly things from God, so that having already established in our perspective the priority of God's name, 
the priority of God's kingdom and the priority of God's will. Now God give us physical strength so that we are able to seek the hallowing of thy name and the coming of thy kingdom and the doing of thy will. The earthly things that God gives to his people must always be used by us in the service of God's name and kingdom and will. Subservient to those petitions. Now as we look at the petition itself, give us this day our daily bread. We take note of the fact that every word that Jesus Christ teaches us to pray in this petition is significant and that makes it a very striking petition. First of all, he teaches us to pray for bread. Bread. And by that, Christ is teaching us to be willing to live a very basic and a very simple life as his people in this world. The Lord Jesus Christ did not teach us in the Lord's Prayer to pray for expensive foods. He did not teach us to pray for foods that we might consider tastier than just the basics, bread or rice. He did not teach us to pray for a variety of foods so that we don't get tired of eating the same thing every day of our lives. He did not teach us to pray for foods and meals that are fancy and that are extravagant, but simply bread. The basic food for one's existence. When you think of that, then you cannot help to be reminded of the children of Israel in the wilderness. Numbers 11, verses 4 through 6. And here we read concerning them, Numbers 11, verse 4, And the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. The children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. They got tired of the manna that God gave them miraculously as food in the desert every day. They complained. God heard their complaint. And God sent them meat to eat. But then you read the words of Psalm 106. He gave them what they desired in their hearts. But he sent leanness to their souls. They got what they wanted. 
They didn't get the Lord's blessing with it. That it was harmful to their souls. That's a warning, of course. And so that applies also to all earthly things. Regarding our clothing, we're not asking God to give us something that's more beautiful, something that's more in style. Regarding our house, we're not asking God to give us a large and spacious and comfortable home with extra rooms in it, but simply bread, what's strictly necessary for earthly life and existence so that we stay alive, we won't die of starvation, and we don't, won't die because we are exposed to the rain and the cold or the heat that is outside. But then secondly, Christ teaches us to think also in small amounts. Give us, he says, this is what you must pray, give us this day our daily bread. We may not ask for large amounts, simply for a daily amount. That's what Christ is teaching Don't ask about tomorrow or next week. Don't ask enough for a month or for two days or five days, but simply for this day. And if at the end of this day you have nothing left, God has answered this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And so that applies also to other things. We are those who are inclined to want more than that. And we work hard to get more than that. And we're inclined to ask God to give us more than that. More clothing so that we have something different to wear every day. More furniture for our homes. More technology. More options on a cell phone. More of what other people have, because if they have it, surely I have a right to have it. But Jesus says, no, even if you only have a little, that's enough. God has given you your daily bread. What ties in with that very clearly is another prayer in Scripture concerning this very thing. And that's the prayer of Scripture that we find in Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Very striking text in God's Word. Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9. Remove far from me vanity and lies. And then this, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. It's this prayer. Feed me with food convenient for me. And that expression, food convenient for me, is literally feed me with the allotted portion. A portion that I need. 
for one day. That's an amazing request, of course, in Proverbs 30, and perhaps very hard for us to relate to that because we don't often think this way. We can understand that someone prays that he not be poor, keep me from poverty, because there is this danger with poverty that I steal and that I take the name of my God in vain. But he also asks, Egger, in that chapter, keep me from riches. Don't make me rich, God. Don't make me rich. Would we ask that? Do we ask that? Do we pray that? That God keep us from being rich, wealthy, having an abundance. He gives the reason too, a very important reason in verse 9, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Because that's the danger. That's the danger of wealth, the sin of denying God. The temptation for the person who is wealthy is to say, I don't need God. Look at how successful I've been. Look at how much I have. I'm fine. I can survive without God. And so the wealthy is tempted to take God's name in vain. And that petition in Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9, that request in Proverbs 30, verses 8 and 9, is summarized in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. It's the same thing. Give me this day my daily bread. The same idea. But then there is also... 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, and someone may ask about that. What about 1 Timothy 4, verses 4 and 9, 4 and 5? Let me read that. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. It's an important text in this connection too. And that text, first of all, shows that it's not a sin to possess earthly things. Nor is it a sin to possess more than our daily needs. That's not a sin. There is no evil in the things themselves. Even wealth, riches, and abundance is not in itself an evil thing. And, as 1 Timothy 4 points out, when we have that, then we have that because we receive it from God. It's a gift from God, and it is sanctified by the Word of God and by prayer. And sometimes God gives us more than just our daily bread. And that's not wrong for us to have it, and to use it, and to enjoy it. Remembering that we must sanctify our use of it by the word of God and by prayer. 
What is the point then in 1 Timothy 4? Well, the point in 1 Timothy 4 is this, that we may not seek after and thus pray for riches and an abundance. The Lord's Prayer means, and 1 Timothy 4 also in Scripture, in the context and how many of the Word of God means, don't desire and ask for a, an abundance from God. Don't desire and ask for wealth and prosperity in earthly things. Don't come to the Lord in prayer with a whole list of earthly wants that you might have and convincing yourself and trying to convince God as well that what you want is really something that you need. But pray, as Christ taught us, simply for bread. Bread. The basics. So that you don't die so that you can survive, so that you can live, and so that with your life you may hallow God's name and seek God's kingdom and do God's will. And if that's all that God gives in a small amount, then the spiritually minded believer is, by the grace of God, satisfied with that. But one more thing, beloved, concerning the request itself. And that is this. The Catechism mentions that that we are asking for God's blessing. All our care Catechism says, that is, all our wise stewardship of the things that God gives to us, our care of what he gives, our stewardship of it, and all our industry, all our hard work in earning an income and providing for ourselves and our families, and even all of God's gifts to us, do us absolutely no good without God's blessing. Blessing of God is far more important than the things that we possess and the things that he gives. The blessing of God is far more important than daily food and drink and clothing and shelter and health and strength. Because if you do not have God's blessing, if you are not blessed by God in Jesus Christ as one who belongs to Christ and as one who is loved in him and saved by him, then you are under God's curse. And then God's attitude, and that's the attitude of God when he gives things to the ungodly, the wicked, his attitude in giving what he does is not favor, but hatred. And what he gives will be harmful, hurtful to them. It adds to their judgment and their condemnation. As Psalm 73 points out, 
They are on a slippery slope that leads to destruction and everything that God gives to them speeds them along the way to eternal destruction because they do not receive the Lord's blessing. He does not give those things to them in his favor toward them and in love to them in Christ. But when God gives us his blessing, what a difference that makes. When God, God's blessing rests upon us because we belong to Christ and we are his beloved in Jesus Christ, then even the smallest amount that we have will be for the good of our souls and will be for our eternal good. So be sure, beloved, when you pray for earthen things, that you also pray always also for God's blessing. And then secondly this morning, we learn from this Lord's Day and from this petition that we are dependent upon God. We are dependent on God for everything, for every beat of our hearts, for every breath of air that we breathe. Without God, for one second, we would be dead. We would be dead. God is with us. God is upholding us in His goodness and providence and blessing us as His people with every grain of rice that He gives and with every cup of water that He provides, with every item of clothing that He gives to us. We cannot supply these things for ourselves. God provides them. God, who is our Father in Jesus Christ, the petition reminds us that we may not be independent of God. We may not develop an independent attitude toward or in relation to God. We may not think to ourselves, I don't really need God. At least I don't need Him very much. I'll be fine because I have enough. And if I don't have enough, I can take care of it. I can get more. I'll provide for myself. And then we ignore God, we never seek God, we don't express our need of Him, and we don't depend on Him. What did we read in Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. And when I confess that the Lord is my shepherd, then I am confessing, and you are confessing, I am a helpless sheep. A helpless lamb, completely dependent on my shepherd, completely dependent on him for what the rest of the psalm mentions, for him to lead me beside still waters, for him to set a table before me of food to eat. I need God. I cannot live for a moment without God. And so this petition is a confession of the fundamental truth of the absolute sovereignty of God. The Catechism itself also points that out. The Catechism says, 
this concerning God, we acknowledge Thee to be the only fountain of all good. God is the only fountain. God is the source of all things. And He is the source of all things that we need for our earthly lives because He owns everything that there is. That's one of the basic principles of Christian stewardship. It doesn't belong to me. It belongs to God. He owns everything. He gives it to me, but it still belongs to Him. He is sovereign. And He does the distribution of things, and we have what we do have, only because God has provided it. God has given it. Now it is true, God uses means. He uses the rain and the sunshine to make food grow. He uses parents to work and to provide for you who are their children. He uses the family members and the church to help us when we are in desperate need, unable to get our daily bread. He uses your work, your work as a husband or as a father to provide for your family. With this as the instruction of the Word of God in 2 Thessalonians 3, that he who does not work should not eat. And 1 Timothy 5 verse 8, if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he is worse than an infidel. He uses those means. He commands us, requires of us to use those means. But God sovereignly controls also all those things. He does. His sovereignty is on the forefront here. Everything that we receive comes literally from the hand of God. He is a loving and he is a caring father. He knows we are simply sheep. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. He knows we cannot provide for ourselves. He knows what our true needs are in this life. And he provides. And most importantly, because the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord gives me also his blessing. He blesses your care that the Heidelberg Catechism mentions. That is, he blesses your stewardship of the things that he provides. Gives you the grace to be a faithful steward of his gift. And he blesses your industry, blesses your work. And he gives everything to his people in his love and in his favor. We are dependent always on God. We're not dependent on ourselves. We're not dependent on family or fellow believers. We are dependent on God. And there is no one else better than he 
to be dependent on because he is our shepherd. He is our father. He is our loving God and Savior in Christ. What about then our godly attitudes? In Hebrews 13, we read this. Hebrews 13, 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Contentment. Contentment is expressed in this Lord's Day by the petition itself. Give us this day our daily bread. A small amount, enough for one day. And contentment means that the child of God is satisfied with things as they are. Contentment means that the child of God is not wanting and not hoping for more than God has given, is satisfied whether God has given a lot or a little, satisfied in the end with a very simple life, as we mentioned earlier. And that contentment must be the attitude not only of those who are not as well off, but that contentment must also be the attitude of those who are wealthy, those who have more, the rich. In fact, sometimes those who are rich struggle just as much with contentment and against the sin of covetousness as those who are poor. They've sought after riches. They've attained riches for themselves and they've sought after and attained riches with the idea in their minds that these riches will provide them happiness and satisfaction in life. And they've attained and been given much by God and they still are not satisfied. They still have not found fulfillment in the riches themselves as they had hoped. And so they keep thinking they need more and more. And then they'll be happy. Then they'll be satisfied. Then they won't have to work as much. The wealthy must also learn contentment. And we all have reason as God's people, as well as motivation as God's people to be content. We have reason because we're pilgrims and strangers on this earth. We are saved by the grace of God with a view to a life in heaven. And we're traveling to our heavenly city, our heavenly home. And the things of this earth are not ends in themselves. They are not the goal. They are not the things that will satisfy. But the things of this earth, our earthly food and drink and clothing and shelter and everything else that is earthly is simply a means to the true end and goal 
that the child of God has by God's grace. They are a means to a glorious and to an eternal end. And God provides us with what we need for this earthly life so that we are prepared for glory and so that we can seek our eternal home that is coming by hallowing the name of God and seeking the kingdom of God to come and doing the will of God on earth as it is done in heaven. Knowing that is God's goal to which he is leading us, we should say and should be able to say, so what if I have only a few earthly possessions? I have countless spiritual blessings in Christ. And so what if I'm poor and I struggle for food? each day I have Jesus Christ and I am rich in him and so what if I live in a small house God has prepared for me a mansion in heaven and here I am on this earth only for a short time and there I will live in that mansion forever and forever blessed indeed in Christ and then secondly this godly attitude as the catechism mentions trust therefore that we may withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it alone in thee not trusting in money itself, which scripture calls uncertain riches, which moth and rust can destroy and take away from us. Not trusting in other men, our employer or the government. Not trusting in our own selves, in our own abilities. I'll be fine. I can take care of things myself. But withdrawing trust from all these creatures and placing this trust in God alone, in God who is, as Psalm 23 reminds us, our shepherd. Our shepherd who provides us with what we need. Our shepherd who is wise in providing us what we need. Our shepherd who knows what we need to be supplied with so that we may serve him and be prepared by him in this life for our mansion in the glories of heaven. Our shepherd who is trustworthy Trust in him who can be trusted, who is trustworthy, because he is able to provide for us. He is the almighty God. Everything belongs to him. He's able to give us what we need. 
and trust in him because he is willing willing to provide for us because of who he is in relation to us he is our father in Christ he has demonstrated his fatherly love by giving his own son and saving us he has paid a huge price for our salvation and having paid that price to save us, he cannot forsake those whom he has saved and whom he loves in Jesus Christ. May we then receive God's grace so that we can sincerely pray, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. Father in heaven, we are thankful for thy word, thy spirit, thy grace and mercy in Christ, and thy faithfulness as our heavenly Father. Thou dost provide for us. We do not always acknowledge thy provision. We do not always take the time to notice that everything comes from thy hand. We do not always acknowledge our dependence on Thee. Forgive us, Lord, for all of this. And teach us to be dependent and to be satisfied and to put our trust in Thee as our faithful God and Father, our Shepherd, who supplies our every need. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.